Good morning, my brothers and sisters, and welcome to our, my sis, my, my, our visitors. We are grateful that you are here to come and worship with us. I first want to give thanks to the elders for giving me this opportunity. I appreciate so much um, the willingness of the elders to engage many of us men who would desire to, t- to preach the Word of God. Um, my, the elders gave me a list to choose from, and there was something that in there that just gravitated to this topic that I wanted to talk to us about this morning. Turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. We'll be looking at that in a minute. <clears throat> this morning's lesson will be an attempt to answer the question, how to face temptation. And we're going to look at that from the Bible's perspective. I need everyone to get close to a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I'd appreciate if you grab and grab, get close to someone so that you can share or grab a Bible out of the pew in the back. Uh, just, just get close to a Bible. We'll be in it a lot this morning. You may have received when you came in uh, my lesson notes, my outline, so that you can follow along from the scriptures. The outline has several passages that will help you in further study on this matter. I think this is a study that will help and benefit all of us. Let me first always say is that I always believe that the word of God is right and I'm always wrong. So if there is anything that you have any disagreement with, I'd appreciate if you'd come before me. And then we can study that together. The goal is that we want to get to heaven like we saw in our Bible class. This lesson is not just for me. Not just for, for you in the audience. It's for me as well. It's for anyone that is an elder, a preacher, a deacon, man, woman, child, young, old. It is for all of us. And it is a lesson that we're going to learn from the scriptures that how we can face it and come out triumphantly. I appreciate so much, Brother Kevin, leading those songs. You will see the theme is definitely around the one who gives us aid. And we will see that as we go through the study. So you're in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, and beginning in verse 15. I'm going to take it from verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, just as just, just let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may, face, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This morning's lesson, How to Face Temptation, we're going to see it is, we face it like Jesus. The lesson is not discussing temptation. Not discussing that we are the tempter or the one offering temptation. The lesson is focused on we being the one tempted, receiving the temptation. And we are, talki- and we are not talking about the temptation to have a cookie or an extra piece of cake. The temptations that we face, brothers and sisters in Christ... Is temptations against things like pornography, drinking, fornication, losing self-control, lust, lying, hypocrisy, gossip, fitting in, fill in the blanks. The brother or sister in Christ who is wrestling with the desires of the, of the flesh. And I love how Paul sums that up in Romans chapter 7. Turn over to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7 and beginning in verse 22. Paul says in Romans chapter 7 verse 22, And the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, For I delight in the law of God, 
according to the inward man. But I see, an, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is what we're going to be trying to attempt and address this morning with this lesson. We all face temptations. At times we are disappointed in ourselves. Why we cannot overcome the temptation which so easily entraps us in sin. It is not that we desire to sin, but our weaknesses overcome us. We sin. And we are so disappointed that we could not beat the temptation. I experience this. You experience this as well. The lesson is not going to address the particular temptations as we all can relate with what tempts each and every one of us. Instead, we are going to learn from how to face temptation by learning from Jesus, breaking down our study accordingly. There are several things that we will learn from Hebrews chapter 4, chapter 4 verses 14 and 15, and several other passages to go along as well. Let us remember the Word of God was not written for God or for Jesus. It was written for us. For us, for our own good. So let's tackle this, this lesson this morning and see if we can find out how does Jesus help us to overcome temptation. But one of the first things that we're going to look at is, we're going to look at the question of, does being tempted mean I have sinned? You just read in Hebrews chapter 4 and in verse, 14, and verse 15 that Jesus was tempted like we are. However, if being tempted means Jesus sinned, then it would be impossible for Hebrews 4.15 to conclude, yet without sin. Easy enough, right? Sometimes we as humans want to see more in certain scriptures than it actually says. Despite the command to not think beyond what is written in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 6. Hebrews 2.18, another similar passage. If you're there, turn in your Bibles back to Hebrews chapter 2. Just go back a page. And in Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2 and in verse 18, the scriptures reads, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid, board, aid those who are tempted. In this verse, I think sometimes we automatically conclude that sin is inevitable. It is as if we want the verse to say, Jesus is able to help us with sin because he also suffered with sin. This also is the wrong conclusion, implying something that is not in the verse. I know these are wrong conclusions, not just because of some of the songs that we just sang, but because the Bible says so. And there are several passages that helps us to see that yet without sin, yet without sin is clear. So too is Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 9. So too are all these passages that are in the scriptures and there are countless others. So too is this passage from 1 John chapter 3 and verse 5. And I love this particular passage. 
John 8, 46, Jesus himself says, Which one of you convicts me of sin? But that's Jesus. What about me? Despite this, the lesson is about me. What about us? If we do not think beyond what is written, we will recognize that Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18 is helping us appreciate that being tempted does not mean that we have automatically sinned. Jesus, the sinless one, was tempted just like we are and is able to help us not sin with our temptation. Does being tempted mean I have sinned? The Bible conclusion is no. Being tempted does not mean you and I have also sinned. So what is the point here? What is temptation? What is temptation? We can understand temptation just like the New Testament Christians did 2,000 years ago. So in essence, we don't need to go in and grab another dictionary. They understood what temptation is because there are several passages that helps us to address temptation. James chapter 1 and beginning in verse 1 all the way to verse 18 is the entire context of temptation and how sin evolves out of it. We can see that in James 1 and in verse 14, the scripture reads, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then, when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, Give brings forth death. We can see being tempted is when we can be drawn away by our own desires with an enticement. That is perfectly described with the first sin that we ever saw in Genesis chapter 3 and beginning in verse 6. The first time temptation entered in and sin materialized out of it. In Genesis chapter 3 and beginning in verse 6, we see where there is a conversation between the serpent, who we know is the devil, and is, who has approached Eve. And then he tells, and then Eve, after this conversation that goes back and forth, she says in verse 6, well, Scripture refers to and says in verse 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. The point here is, up till it was desirable, when she was, up, up till it was desirable to make one wise, Eve had not yet sinned. When she took and she ate, she sinned. She disobeyed God. Eve was drawn away by her own desires. So what James is helping us to understand is we must recognize that temptation is requiring us to exchange God's desire for our own. Temptation is an attempt to enslave us back in sin. Temptation Temptation elicits a choice between good and evil. The choice we make exposes who we are. And that is what could lead us to sin or 
could lead us not to sin. In Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6 and beginning in verse 15, Romans chapter 6 and beginning in verse 15, we see this, summar, this thought being summarized as Paul talks about in Romans chapter 6 and verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? All four Gospels give us various accounts of the temptations that Jesus faced. We sang about some of those for our lesson. In every temptation, Jesus is without sin. Notice in John chapter 8 and verse 29, Jesus helps us realize how we never exchange God's desire for our own. He says there in John chapter 8 and verse 29, He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing unto him. And we know Jesus is of direct speech talking to the apostles and referring to his relationship with his father. Notice Jesus recognizes God is always with him. As Christians, do we believe God is always with us? Look at this verse in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Look at the practical application of this in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 9. Genesis chapter 13, this is where we see a temptation that is taking place. And I want to draw your attention. I want to draw your attention. Actually, it's not Genesis chapter 13. It's like Genesis chapter 39. Apologize. And this is with Joseph. Genesis chapter 39 and beginning in verse 9. Just to set the framework, this is where Joseph, he's gone into a situation. All what Joseph has been through, he faces a situation where there is a possible promotion that can come out of this. But there is someone who is leveraging that and interfering with that. And it is Potiphar's wife. And she has this desire for him. And she's enticing him. And numerous occasions she's enticing him. I love this verse tremendously. Watch what Joseph says in Genesis chapter 49 verse 9. He says, there is no, greater, there is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me but you. And he's speaking of his master, Potiphar. And he's referring to that Potiphar has given him charge over everything except you. You belong to him, his wife. And Joseph says, how then can I do this great wickedness? And it could easily end and stop right here. But this is what that gets me. He adds in and sin against Joseph brings this back to 
who is always with me. Who helps me see that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why would I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He helps us to appreciate that temptation should never entice us to exchange God's desire for our own. We too can always do the things that please God. We are able. We are not helpless. So, should temptation make us sin? As we address this question, there are some things at this point we should understand. We kind of touched about this in the Bible class, and I appreciate our brother leading the Bible class in this direction and help us to appreciate some things about who we are. He started out the lesson by saying, what is a Christian? And understanding what a Christian is. If you are a Christian, you will understand there are two states. There is an old man, and there is a new man. If you are a Christian, you are born again from the watery grave of baptism. You are a new man. But notice this. Jesus did not have to be born again. But we had to be born again into his newness of life. Let's put some passages together with that. Look at John chapter 3. This is where Jesus is having this exchange with Nicodemus. So he meets Nicodemus at night. And one of the first things that Jesus approaches him with and he addresses Nicodemus as if in John chapter 3 and beginning in verse 3. Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He repeats it again for emphasis in, chapter verse, in verse 5. He says again, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Look at Romans chapter 6 now. Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Romans chapter 6 and beginning in verse 1. Romans chapter 6 and beginning in verse 1, it says there, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin and grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died died to sin, live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many as have, were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him, buried with him into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we, were, if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. But the body of sin might be done away with, but we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. This is God with confidence through the Apostle Paul giving us encouragement to recognize that certainly temptation should not make us sin. And then also we can see that Jesus came as the Son of God who descended from heaven. 
And 1 Corinthians 15, 47, I give you several passages in there, but 1 Corinthians 15, 47 is one that kind of helps us to align that well with our study this morning. 1 Corinthians 15, 47. And we're looking a lot about Jesus because remember, we're looking at how do we face temptation like Jesus. And there we will see how he helps us to, triumph, to, to triumphantly deal with temptation and not sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and in verse 47, we read, However, the spiritual, the first man, sorry, I was reading verse 46, verse 47, the first man was of the earth, we know that's Adam, made of dust, and the second man is the Lord who is from heaven, referring to Christ. But what about us? We become. We become sons of God, children of God. And in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, it helps tie that in. We just read in Romans chapter 6 how it helps us see that certainly we died to sin and then we, the old man was, was buried and now it's the new man that is risen. Well, look at what Romans 8 kind of concludes as well. Romans 8 and the beginning in verse 15, Paul writes again, For you did not receive the spirit of, adop- of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We have become sons of God. So what is the point of all of this? We will see that yes, Jesus was 100% human. Jesus was 100% human. That is what the Hebrew writer is helping us see. Tempted as we are, he was 100 percent human and certainly there are scriptures to back that up but he's also simultaneously 100 percent god 100 percent god look at first john chapter 4 verse 2 through 3 all of this is fundamental and foundational for us but we will see how what does that mean and apply to us that we are now sons of god first john chapter 4 Verse 2. First John chapter 4 and beginning in verse 2. First John 4, 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. So we understand clearly that Jesus was human. But notice that the very same writer, the very same writer in the very same chapter has the very same thought when he, re- when he says in verse, in verse 15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, the Son of God, he is The Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. We can appreciate that the Scriptures helps us see that while Jesus was 100% human, He was also 100% the Son of God. He never was half man or half God. That's Greek mythology. We're not talking about Greek mythology. It was not just His human half alone that was tempted, as if 
being the Son of God, all of a sudden had vanished. So what is the point of this? We are 100% human. Simultaneously, we are 100% sons of God. 100% sons of God. We are not 50% human and then 50% children of God. We are simultaneously 100% human and 100% sons of God. That is how we face temptation that does not make us sin. We recognize that just like Jesus was tempted as we are, he faced it both as the Son of God and as a man, and we face temptation the very same way. There is no difference in the way we face temptations now that we are Christians, the sons of God. The expectation from God is well summed up in 1 John chapter 3, verses 4 through 9. But I love this piece here that out of the ESV, as sons of God, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seeds abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. The point of Hebrews 2, 17, 18, verse 18, and chapter 4, verses 14 and 16, is God expects that his children We do not sin, and we make no excuse for sinning. Temptation is not an excuse to sin. We have a perfect helper in Christ Jesus. We can come boldly to the throne of grace so that we can get help and mercy in the time of our trial and temptation. The key thing is, are we recognizing we have such help when faced with temptation. That's the key for us. There is another passage that is similar to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians, one of my favorite verses. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13 and the emphasis where it is. The emphasis is on the part that says, God is faithful. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. These passages are not just there as, you know, as another self-help, good, good, um, good read sort of guy where we just kind of, no, this is from God. This is from God. This is from God. 1 Corinthians 10, 14. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. The key thing here is make sure we understand God is faithful. God is faithful for what? So that there is no temptation that is new to mankind and that we have not seen. Not since Adam or Eve in the garden. Not till now. And not any time in the future. There is nothing new under the sun, the Ecclesiastes writer tells us in Ecclesiastes 1.9. And here's the other part of it as well. God is faithful. He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what you are able. You know what that helps me with? It helps me appreciate that Satan is not in control. But God is. God is in control. 
And it also helps me appreciate I have the power and the choice. God is on my side. Choose wisely, Deuteronomy tells us. Choose life. Make the right choice. That's who is there. He's faithful and help with that. And then also notice there's a third thing. The scriptures tells us with every temptation God will make, some translations have provide the way of escape, but I can bear the temptation and overcome it triumphantly. Do you realize what's happening with your temptation? God is uniquely working a way of escape, providing, making, giving us a way out that we do not sin before his most holy presence. The Lord is giving us all this aid. The question is, my brothers and sisters, with every temptation, am I seeking the way of escape? That God makes and provides for each and every one of us uniquely. My temptations are going to be different from your temptations. But yet still, as a child of God, the Lord is working to make, provide a way of escape for us. Are we taking it? Are we taking it? That we do not sin. So, we've looked at several things here that helps us appreciate a fundamental of who we are before God and why temptation should never lead us to sin. But what practical examples did Jesus leave us to face temptation? 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 23 shows us that Jesus left us an example. There are many examples that the scriptures teach us, but I want to focus on just four with the rest of our time. There is a complete dependence on God. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4. For those of us who know this scripture well, it is where Jesus humbled himself. He surrendered all of him to the Father. Although he was God, he took the form of a slave, a born servant. So that he can be subservient to whom? To God. If I have the same mind, yes, I am baptized. That's where I have to start. Yes, I am forgiven of my sins. That is definitely a foundation. Yes, I am a son of God. That's the privilege that God gave me. But I, am I also a slave, like we read in Romans chapter 6? A slave to whom do I obey? Him. Ourselves. And the key thing I want you to focus on, I gave you several passages in there, but I want to focus on one that helps us to appreciate why should I have a complete dependence on God? It should be based on trust. It should be based on love. For God so loved the world. We know God's love. But watch what Jesus says in John 14. John 14. Watch what our Savior helps us to appreciate. Remember, he's telling this us for our own good. This is the relationship that he had. And he's helping us to appreciate this is the relationship that we also can have as well. Because that's what the Father is offering us. John chapter 14 and beginning in verse 15. John 14 and verse 15. And yes, this is direct speech to the apostles. But let's not forget there is an application for us as well. There is an application for us. 
John 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, you keep my commandments. And look at verse, uh, verse 21. And then he says again, he who, has, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. New King James Version. Verse 23. He says as well, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. The Lord and the son and the father comes and makes a home with us. Why? Because we have this complete dependence on God. God gives us that relationship that is based on love. So I can freely surrender myself to him. The next thing that we can see here is, we can face temptation with the confidence in God and His Word. Luke chapter 4, one of those temptations that I had on a previous screen. This is where we see Jesus was tempted by the devil. But watch what Satan was tempt tempting Jesus with. The most obvious question. If you are the Son of God. That's like me asking you, is your name John? Really? Really? But watch what Jesus does. It's an example for us. Watch what he does. He trusts God. He trusts what God has written. So should we. He is nourished by his father's words. So should we. He worships and serves only God, not Satan, not even himself. So should we. He will never do anything to try, test, or tempt God. Neither should we. It's that relationship that we're in, that we're in and we serve God. Is my attitude like Jesus? Is my attitude a son of God like Jesus is the son of God? And another way we can face temptation is with prayer. And I appreciate that leading that, sermon, that, that song where my brother led us, uh, a beautiful prayer. You will notice Jesus pray. But notice how often does Jesus pray. Turn to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. Let's look at that quickly. Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26. And beginning in verse 36. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray. Over there. Watch verse 39. In verse 39 he says, He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed. Watch verse uh, 41. In verse 41 we see again, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Watch verse 42. Verse 42 also tells us, And a second time he went away and prayed. Verse 44. In verse 44, so he left them, went away again, and prayed. Watch verse 53. In verse 53, we sing the song, he could have called 10,000 angels, but that's missing a crucial detail. The crucial detail is in verse 53. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father, and he will provide? Me with more than these, more than 12 legions of angels. 
How much does Jesus pray? Here's the question to us. Do I pray without ceasing to my heavenly Father for provisions in my hour of temptation? 1 Thessalonians 5.17, a very small passage. Pray without ceasing. How often am I praying? Praying so that the Lord can deliver me from temptation. And then finally, we can face temptation affirming God's will, not my own. If you're in Matthew 26, you will see what was he praying for. In Matthew 26, he was praying. In verse 39, Matthew 26 and in verse 39, the second part of verse 39, he says, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. From me. But here's the key. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. As you will. What am I always imploring? I'm imploring that it is your will. Your will, oh God, to help me with this. Your will. We can see Jesus, that, that he made that his nature. John, these passages in John helps us to appreciate how he focused his will to be God's will. And he taught us this in prayer. Matthew chapter 6, look at Matthew chapter 6. He taught us this. Matthew chapter 6 and in verse 10, you know, this is where we kind of say it's the Lord's prayer. Well, he was just teaching his disciples to pray, a prayer we can learn from. Watch what he says in verse 10. Your kingdom come and your will be done. It's always God's will. When I pray, am I, what am I seeking? That it's God's will. God's will always in these circumstances. And then I can likely see very clear the way of escape to get away from this temptation. And in Hebrews chapter 13, got Hebrews chapter 13, final verse here for us. I love how the Hebrew writer kind of helps ex explain that to, out to us. Hebrews chapter 13, as he starts to come to the conclusion of the book, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20 says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you, who? Me? Yes, me. Yes, us. Make us complete. Make you complete in every good work to do His will. His will. Working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight. In His sight. We can face temptation by affirming God's will not our own. We can see, and this could be a long study, but in this short time that we have, I hope we can appreciate that we can't face temptation like Jesus. Jesus is our perfect example. The things we learn from the Bible this morning ought to give us unmovable confidence. We see that in the Psalms. This unmovable confidence in whom? Not in self, but in God. In God, our Father, even when we're faced with temptation. God is working for each and every one of us. There is no number of people that all of a sudden that He cannot help you. That's not true. God is working to keep us from evil. We must transform our lives about doing His will 
and not our own. That's what the, Roman, the, the writer is helping us with Romans chapter 20. We sort of addressed this morning becoming a Christian while discussing how to face temptation like Jesus. And we examined John chapter 3. The lesson was that unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. The blessings I discussed in this lesson about how to face with temptation is not yours if you are not a son of God. Jesus further explained, unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus did at the cross all the things necessary to give us entry into the kingdom of God. Wherefore, we can see that Jesus' resurrection from the dead, the action it elicited from the folks that first heard that first gospel in Acts chapter 2. In verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, the men said, Men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? And Peter said boldly, If you believe, and he asked them to repent and be baptized for the remission of their sin. If you need to do that, why are you waiting? Have God on your side to help you face temptation. Even the very temptation that is creating an excuse to prevent you from taking this step into the watery grave of baptism for the forgiveness of our sins. If you are a child of God, a Christian, you know when you have allowed temptation to draw you to your own desires rather than to draw you to the will of God. And your desires have led you to sin. Humble yourself before God. Seek His forgiveness and His mercy. God desires abundantly to forgive the one who is seeking forgiveness with a repentant heart. Do not make any excuses. In a bit, we're going to sing a song. And I appreciate so much your good attention to this. And I'm not hearing any of the shuffling of your parking. So I appreciate your attention in this matter. I want you to give some serious thought to this. We all face temptation. Jesus triumphantly went through it. So can we. This is a time, as we get into this song, it gives anyone who is in this reflection on the state before the Almighty God a chance to be ready for the judgment. And I understand that this time could be awkward. You may not necessarily want to come up. That's okay. See one of our elders. They'll be more than willing and glad to share with you and to discuss with you how can you make a decision that is well-pleasing before God. It is a decision that we must make for the salvation of our souls, for the preparations of our life in Christ. Give that serious consideration as we stand up. Yeah.